0: Hey guys, it's me and I'm back with a new episode of My Best Vintage Life. It's obviously been a rough string of days and weeks since the last time I recorded and I wasn't quite sure if I was going to record for this week. We are due for a new episode and I spoke with a friend about an idea I had and she said I should 100% pursue it because it would be a great educational opportunity for my listeners. And that idea um, involved my fashion figure mini and I was on Letter E and I thought what a great time to talk about um, a very successful fashion figure who is Edward Enninful. And If you don't know who Edward is, you're really going to enjoy learning about him because he's done a lot of really amazing things for so many different groups of people um, from a very, very young age. And I just, I loved learning. I knew a decent amount about him, but I learned even more while researching for this episode. And just the fact that he has gotten to where he has gotten in life as a black gay male, um, I think he can serve for an inspiration for so many people, no matter what background they come from. And just, you know, he's just, he's so amazing. So I'm so excited to talk about him. And I really hope that um, despite everything that's happened, Perhaps this can be just kind of a little um, educational piece for you. We're talking about an inspiring person, and I really hope to bring just a little bit of light into your day or into your week whenever you do end up listening to this episode. So, I'm here to bring some positivity and to really give you someone to look up to in terms of a fashion career or any career in general. So, let's talk about Edward. Edward was born in 1972 in Ghana. Um, pretty big family. They emigrated to London, and he is one of six children. And one of the first times he ever had any sort of fashion inspiration was watching his mother's work. She was a seamstress and she made clothes for a lot of her British African friends. Um, So he was really inspired by both the sewing and the colors and the fabrics used. He, so what I really love about Edward is, is he was in London or just, you know, existing in general in a time when these beautiful serendipitous moments happened more often than I feel like they do today in terms of how he was discovered. Um, I feel like today with social media, it's much easier to get your name, your face, your brand, whatever you're about, it's easier to get your, your self out there but you have to realize this was in a time when none of that existed so how he got discovered he was actually on a train just a train in London and he was seen by someone this was at age 16 someone named Simon Foxton Uh, Simon Foxton is a really famous uh, British fashion stylist so he he noticed him thought he had an interesting look and then not too long after that, he was modeling for Foxton and another photographer of ID Magazine uh, named Nick Knight. So he actually started out his career in fashion as a model. And I just think it's such a really cool story that, you know, that's that's how he was discovered. I love those types of stories. And then by age um, 17, he was assisting Um, ID Magazine's fashion director, Beth Summers. So, I mean, think about what you were doing at 17 years old. I just, it's just such a cool story that he is already at this level. And, you know, it was just such a cool, cool moment being found like that. I think for him, it must have been so, so dreamy. You know, and he's getting to be around these cool people and exposed to all sorts of, you know, whether it's photography, modeling, styling, all these different facets of the fashion industry. So while he was modeling and, and styling, he um, he was still finishing his degree, which I did read was something that his dad would have been really disappointed if he didn't get, um, which you do hear a lot with people in the fashion industry that maybe their parents aren't quite as supportive supportive I'm not saying they weren't supportive of him but you know they still want them to have like a degree to fall back on in case the fashion thing doesn't work out so he did still pursue his degree and he achieved that uh, which was probably a lot of work while you're doing modeling and styling on the sides so after Beth Summers left um, her position was handed over to Edward at the age of 18 So he became the youngest ever director for an international fashion publication. I mean, how crazy is that at the age of 18? Now, some of you might not be familiar with ID Magazine, and that's fine. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it right now. Um, ID is now um, owned by Vice Media. Uh, And I don't think I need to tell you who Vice is, but ID was founded as a British magazine and is still based in the UK. Um, And it was originally founded in 1980 by a man named Terry Jones. And Terry Jones ultimately was the one who made the decision to hand uh, Beth Summers's job to Edward. Um, And Terry Jones was also a former um, Vogue art director. So he had magazine and um, journalism experience so realistically id magazine is a fashion music art and culture publication um i highly encourage you if you've never seen it to check it out um, obviously i know right now people are in different parts of the world different things are open different things are closed if you have access to a newsstand Um, or just online, just check out some of their um, publications. You know, it could be an article, um, an editorial, whatever. It's a really um, elevated type magazine, in my opinion. So if you're into more like of the celebrity style magazines, um, like lighter reading, you probably won't be as much into ID. ID is definitely a very cerebral, even though it is an artistic magazine, it's also a very cerebral magazine. But regardless of what your taste is in publications, I do suggest you check it out. So that being said, I'm um, Edward's uh, work at ID was very heavily influenced by um, the style of, of the streets, and his, um, some of his editorials fueled the grunge movement in the early 90s. And besides working at ID, he also started doing advertising work and consulting for different companies. And I mean, the list is huge, but I think most notably, I believe the first one he worked with was at age 22. It was Calvin Klein um, doing consulting work on their advertising. Um, so. That's pretty cool. I mean, that was an interesting time at Calvin Klein. And I'm sure definitely also helped to not only have that, you know, editorial um, job, the editorial styling job on his resume, but he also started doing consulting for advertising. So the whole other facet of the fashion industry. And obviously, you know, advertising is very important in the fashion industry. In 1998, he was made a contributing editor, editor can't talk today, um, to Italian Vogue under Franca Sozani. And um, I think he, well, you'll find out he also worked for another uh, Vogue publication. But I think that these just further kind of built upon his career. And um, going from ID, I mean, he was still working at ID, I believe, but also working at Vogue, two very different magazines. And I think Um, This was maybe more of like a refined, less um, edgy publication for him to be at. But one of the most notable things he did for Italian Vogue was he um, was one of the really kind of like pushers of the magazine that was entitled The Black Issue that they did. And it only featured black models, um, most notably Naomi I didn't even write Campbell in my notes, just Naomi. Uh, Jordan Dunn and Alec Weck. Alec Weck is probably one of my favorite fashion models of all time. I remember the first time I saw her in a magazine, I just thought, wow, what? Like She was just so beautiful, you know, and so unique. And I, I really, I really miss seeing her in, um, not that I read magazines that much now, but seeing her on runways as well. I think she may have done some work recently. Um, but this was definitely a very Alec Weck moment, and I, I still love her so much. And he said he wanted to end the, quote, whiteout that dominated catwalks and magazines. Um, something crazy, you know, most people, I guess most magazines have, you know, this amount that they're going to print for every issue. They actually had to print an extra 40,000 copies. That's how well received it was because he did something and was involved with something so drastically different um, than what was out there. And I think so many people responded really well to it. So a really incredible thing he did there and, you know, a brave step to take, especially in – what year did I say he started there? 1998. I mean, kudos to him for that. And something else he did that I thought was really cool was in June 2011 Um he did an editorial, he styled it, and it featured exclusively plus-size models, uh, which was also, at that point in time, not something you saw every day, so something else that people responded very well to. He's including people that aren't necessarily, well, let's not say necessarily, that are, back then weren't very included at all um, in the fashion community, especially plus-size models, so I think those, just those two things alone that he did at Italian Vogue are incredible. And then in 2006, he became contributing editor, editor God, I can't say that word, <laughs> for American Vogue. And um, the first time I ever saw Edward was actually in the September issue, which was um, released in 2009. But it was actually created about the 2007 September issue of Vogue magazine. Uh, which unfortunately I don't own. I do own quite a few September issues. I don't own that one. Um, and if you want to buy it, it's a lot of money on eBay. I just quick looked this morning, and there was like one for a hundred, one for one fifty. So hopefully, if you have it, just keep it safe because I I don't see the value going down on it. But one of the most notable scenes that Edward was featured in as a contributing editor was his sit down meeting with Anna Winter and. He was assigned an editorial on color blocking, and she kind of is very critical of his work. Um, and I remember feeling really bad for him because he looked kind of defeated. And this was before I really started working in the fashion industry. And, you know, definitely once I did, you, you have those sit down meetings with your, for lack of a better words, superiors, you know, um, those who are above you in terms of rank. And you have some of those meetings where you feel really defeated and crushed. And looking back now, in retrospect, I can say, yeah, those, those moments suck. But they are also moments of growth. And I love that Grace Coddington, um, who I'm sure most of you know, is very comforting and like motherly to him about it, you know, and kind of gives him some, some pep talk um and you know he pushes through and i i have read that anna winter was very excited about him being given the contributing editor um post and just i mean being honest she's critical of pretty much everyone so i think you know he he found that out pretty quickly and and kind of just kept chugging on and doing the work he was doing for american vogue and then In 2011, he left his roles both at ID and the two different Vogue's he was working for, Italian and and American Vogue, and he joined W Magazine as their fashion and style director. So W Magazine at that point in time was hurting really bad because we were in post-recession times, and um, they had some competition, specifically I think with Interview Magazine was one of their um, big competitors, and – Um, advertising, advertising uh, pages were really down. And as you know, that's how magazines really make most of their money. But when Edward joined the masthead, he um, in one year, ad pages went up 16.7%, which was the biggest year over gain for any fashion publication that year. So um, once again, another great thing he did for a magazine that was probably god knows if he didn't come along i don't know if w would still be around so once again a really positive thing he did and i think what really gained the the attention of the people who are placing these ads was the fact that he was doing super edgy editorials um one of them being an editorial where kate moss was dressed up like a nun um i know that really caught the public's eye and was kind of controversial so hey, that, that's what makes money, I guess, you know, just being willing to take that risk. So another cool thing there. In 2016, the Queen um, awarded Edward his officer of the Order of the British Empire for his services to diversity and fashion. So I really love that they do awards like that in, um, in the UK. You know, we have the Council of Fashion Designers of America here, and they give out awards. But... I kind of like that the government um, is tied into it over there versus like in America, we have this like fashion entity. So I and if you ever watch some of the um, the award ceremonies that the queen does, and sometimes it's not the queen, it might be Prince Charles or Prince William. um, But, you know, they bestow these awards on some really cool people that cover so many different fields, whether it's fashion, music, healthcare. Um, you know, it's just c- cultural, um, positions, just so many different people that are awarded for their good services. So I really admire that, uh, about the UK for sure. So then in 2017, this is kind of like the big moment. Edward was confirmed as editor in chief of British Vogue. There had never been a male editor. There had never been a black editor. There had never been as far as I know, a gay editor. So, I mean, think of all of these all of these women that have, you know, led this magazine, and then you have this man come in that it's so radically different, and I think it was just such a breath of fresh air for the magazine and such a wise choice because, I mean, he's been working in the fashion industry since he was 16 years old. It actually, I mean, gosh, when you sit down and think about it, he's he's not even that old and he's a- achieved all these amazing things. So it must have been such a great feeling for him to finally get as pretty much as high as he can go in terms of a magazine. So I think that's really awesome. And I'm just going to mention a few things he's done since 2017. One of the most notable ones was last September issue was the Forces for Change issue with Meghan Markle. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with it. Uh, it had kind of like a grid on the cover with a little mirrored thing so that when you looked at the magazine, you also looked at yourself as a force for change. But it was 15 women. And basically the question that was asked of them was, um, you know, what, what change did they want to see in the world? And a vast majority of the women um, were black or were, I believe there was an Asian woman, Um, Selma Hayek was there. Um, there, I think I'm trying to think of all the people. It was, there was a lot of women involved, but there was, you could just, as looking at the cover, it was very diverse, which was really nice. And, um, women from all different walks of life. So I thought that that was, um, a very well-received issue and one that, you know, looked at real world problems and real world solutions and real world questions, instead of being just about the clothes and just about style. And then something that's coming out, I believe tomorrow, it'll, it'll be available on digital. Um, the July 2020 issue is featuring frontline workers. Um, you know, another big thing that's been going on is COVID-19. So I'm um, three women are going to be on the covers there's going to be a midwife a train driver and a supermarket clerk I mean when I just I just if you would have told me 10 20 years ago that in July 2020 British Vogue is going to have these women from these backgrounds on the cover I just would have been blown away and I'm so excited for it I'm so excited that they're getting the respect that they deserve during this difficult time and two of those women are black. So really really awesome I think to feature real women on the cover once again. And these women, you know, mo- I mean they're they're not famous. They're just everyday women that have put their lives and the health of both themselves and and their families at risk, you know, doing their job basically every day that they have to do to support themselves. Um, so I think it's a really really awesome thing that he did there and then one other notable thing that I kind of last minute didn't know is in June 2020 uh, he featured Judy Dench on the cover she's 85 now Dame Judy Dench and she's the oldest person ever to be on the cover of British Vogue and um, I think it's calling out another issue which is aging um, no matter what color your skin is you know aging has always been a touchy subject in the fashion industry and you know especially in a very shallow industry and now we're looking at women like judy dench and saying she's beautiful she's 85 years old and she's beautiful she looks great let's celebrate her age you know let's not look at it as a deterrent to not put her on the magazine let's put her where everyone can see her so i thought that that was also something really cool um and you know, obviously another issue in the fashion industry is, is ageism. And um, if you guys want to check out, the one last thing I wanted to call out is just a few days ago, I believe it was on Monday, Edward wrote um, an online article. Um, mostly like the theme of it is that racism is a global issue. So um, I am going to link to that in my bio and, um, you know, that way you guys can read it. It was just really good. I mean, I, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I, I kind of just skimmed through and read a few paragraphs, and I think what he was saying was really, really important. You know, he he called out the fact that for a black man, he is definitely, um, you know, living a great, a great life in terms of finance and success, but at the same time, you know, despite the fact that he walks out the door as editor-in-chief of British Vogue, he still has... A fear, you know, because of the color of his skin. And I thought that that was really something interesting to call out and something good to call out. So I'll definitely link to that in my bio. That's all um, I really have to say about Edward. I shouldn't say that's all. I mean, gosh, I just, he really makes me feel, you know, motivated because he's just so successful and really just seems like a sweetheart. You know, I've watched some videos of him talking to people and he's very, um, soft-spoken and warm and I, I like that about him um you don't necessarily get that from all fashion editors that's for sure so kudos to him for for that as well um you know and i really hope you enjoyed learning about edward and if there are any um members of the fashion community fashion figures they don't have to be models or designers they could be anyone working in fashion if there's anyone that um you feel I should talk about in the future. next letter will be F. If there's anybody that specifically that you would like to hear about, please let me know. I'm always open to um, you know your opinions there. Um, And I have been trying on my social media on Instagram in my stories to just kind of keep featuring. I just the other day I posted it was a list of um, black owned vintage businesses. I thought that one was really great. It was an Instagram post. And basically in the comments, people had tagged all these black owned vintage businesses. And I just I was so excited for that because I was desperately trying to find something um, I thought, God, there has to be a list out there somewhere, and I did eventually find it. Um, but you know, just trying to support as many black owned businesses as I can and kind of, you know, trying to put um, educational posts and pieces out there for you guys that other people have created, um, just for you to to learn more. and i'm I'm trying to do as much as I can or as much as I feel that I'm able to do with my level of knowledge. Um, So I really hope that you found this um, episode on Edward and in full educational. And um, I just I hope you all give your loved ones a hug. And, you know, obviously, we're still dealing with COVID as well right now. It's been a really rough few months. 2020 has been a bear. So just try and stay positive, guys, and do what you can to help in your community and stay safe stay sane, stay healthy, and don't be basic. I'll talk to you soon, guys. Bye.